Sasha. Hey, Courtney. If biology is the study of life, what do you call the study of death and ghosts? Um, spoopology? Oh, that would make more sense. It's actually called booology. Oh. Yeah. It's Spoop Hour, a science show. <laughs> <laughs> What a funny joke, Courtney. <laughs> We're both scientists, right? Yeah. Welcome back to Spoop Hour, a paranormal comedy podcast and not science. <laughs> Hosted by two Halloweenies. This is Sasha. This is Courtney, not a scientist. But these not scientists can always be found on the internet at Spoop Hour on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us your not science questions to <laughs> spoophour at gmail.com. It's true. You sure can. You can also still enter our Mothman mask giveaway. Yes. So just email us. You don't have to do anything. Just say you, you want to enter in for the Mothman mask. But so. many thanks to the listener who sent us photos of cats. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to say you have to send us pictures of your pets to but be entered. But if you happen to have pets. Exactly. If you have pictures of your pets, we'll certainly take them. So... I guess before we get into the episode and spooky things that happened, I do have an update from last week's Lake episode. Yes. So as I predicted in the episode, Julia is now listening to our episode after coming, or she's driving home from the lake right now. Mm -hmm. And she texted me. She says that she's reported no lake monsters, dot, 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 I think. As far as she knows. (laughs) Just some worms stealing fish and something brushed my leg while swimming in the shallow, but... Shrugging emoji. Yeah, that was definitely a lake monster. She says, there's plenty of places to hide in that lake, but then also said that those fish are some motherfuckers. (laughs) They will steal your worms without so much as a please and a thank you. It's fair. So I'm thinking it might be one of those big schooling monsters. Yeah. Yeah, it's like just a bunch of fish. Yeah. A bunch of fish combined to make one big monster. Yeah. I should say, (laughs) we're not scientists. The day this episode drops, I am co-hosting my meetup group's trivia night again. One of the categories I called Spelling Bee Sciences, because if you get all the answers right, the first letter of each is going to spell out the word sciences. Isn't that fun? That's fun. But I do have a question about what you call the study of fish, which is ichthyology. Yeah. And I only know that from playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, they, talk, they call you an ichthyologist if you yeah. collect a like, certain number of fish, and yeah. entomologist if you s- collect a certain number of bugs, and I, it mm-hmm. makes me feel good about myself. I feel like a real scientist. Well, that's because we are real scientists here at Spoop Hour, which is what we're talking about today. But first, did anything spooky happen to you this week? Yeah, I guess like a couple things, sort of. One, <laughs> one of my coworkers in the group chat asked, uh, he was driving home from the beach with his family and asked, I need podcast recommendations. And Julia immediately went, listen to Spoop Hour. (laughs) (laughs) And a bunch of my coworkers who know that about this podcast liked the comment. And I was like, no, Spoop Hour is hosted by like terrible people. Like don't. Everybody hates Spoop Hour. It's just a shitty podcast. It's like the tiniest podcast in the entire world. They get like a hundred downloads a week. Nobody gives a fuck. Who cares? Not even a hundred downloads a week. We get like three. What are you talking about? (laughs) No. That's fair. It was just like spooky, spooky in that it was more like scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, no, no more coworkers finding my podcast. Every I really s- like that Julia listens to our podcast, but Julia is also like one of my best friends in the She's world. So different. Like, she, that's different. Yeah. Like, Julia can judge me for so many things. Yeah. She won't judge me for this podcast, but Sean might. <laughs> and I guess the other spooky thing is that I had my hair and makeup did today, and I'm very beautiful. Sasha is so beautiful. <laughs> and I woke up from a nap about 10 minutes ago, so Sasha is looking like a snack, and I'm looking like I just woke up. So I just, I'm, I'm trying to keep it on as long as I can because my parents are coming back from Michigan this evening, Aww, and I want to go so show them, them and like, yeah. also like, pair it with 
one of my two dress options to just like make a final I decision. You decided. I I did, but I keep waffling. <laughs> I have two dresses, and either one of them can be returned within the next thirty days, and I just <laughs> awesome. So, right, and then one more spooky thing is oh, I yes. haven't been able to send you these photos because my computer keeps effing up because <sighs> my computer is from like 2007. I'm on my work computer right now, but my like personal computer is from 2007. Yeah. I found some silly photos of us, silly, cute photos of us from you and I went to see a movie in Roslyn in like 2013 or 2014 out on the lawn and it's just you and me taking selfies with I think like my iPhone 4. Oh my <laughs> and god. We're just yeah, you, your, bangs to, look, oh, your bangs look Oh, you know what it was? It was it, Clueless. We went we to see Clueless. Clueless. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, your bangs looked really good in those photos. I Thank you. Silly. <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah, I was trying to email you all of them to do like a throwback thing, but my computer is like refusing. So, I'll I will find a way to get you those photos. They're really cute. But I then they I also made us... me feel my old. age and my bones. That's fine. Yeah. My bones are old. I think I brought juice boxes and almond m You did, because I also yeah. took a weird selfie where I was, like, balancing my juice box while lying down and drinking, <laughs> like, basically waterboarding myself so I could lie down and drink juice. I just, I have a clear memory, too, of us technically jaywalking to get back to my car. Yeah. And I had just started a new job, so I didn't, technically speaking, have insurance. Yeah. Cause and it was the it was literally the last day before my new insurance was going to kick in and I so just we remember like, being like I really hit. hope I don't get hit by a car today. don't get hit by a car don't get hit by a car <laughs> please hit me tomorrow when my insurance comes into effect tomorrow is okay to get hit by a car <laughs> today no tomorrow totally so how about you anything spooky happen to you uh, yes I actually I tweeted about this but I've been we've been doing a series on our Patreon called Courtney reads Twilight so you yes. don't have to and I am now. Probably about a third of the way into New Moon. Mm-hmm. It is. It Not is bad. bad. It is worse than Twilight. And Twilight was already so bad. I, like, what's, what's worse than bad? So there's, like, bad, there's terrible. What's the next step down? <laughs> Active, like, reading it is both annoying me and making me feel sick. Oh, and I God. just, I hate it. I, it's so bad. But, Jake, like... I hate to say this, but Jacob Black is finally in it, so I'm like, thank God this may get tolerable. Maybe. <laughs> because Maybe. Bella on her own is insufferable. Insufferable. Just, I hate it, and I've had to read so much of it, and I'm like, just shut up. I hate you. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> I had a Twilight-themed dream as a result oh, no. of reading New Moon. And in the dream, I don't know if I was Bella or if I was I was me, but I was dating Edward, but I was cheating on Edward with Jasper, who's one of the Cullens. <laughs> and I remember in the dream... You're in too be- deep. I know, I'm in way too deep. Because also, Jasper is one of the worst Cullens, and they're all so bad. What, the only acceptable one you? is Bella. I don't, I don't know. I guess low self-esteem. Oh, no! I don't know. It's unclear, but... In the dream, I was like, we got to talk to Edward. And Jasper was like, it's fine. He's going to smell me on you and he's going to know what's up. And then you don't have to break up with him. And I was like, I don't like that. I should just talk to him. And then, like, I went to go talk to him. But in order to do so, I had to take a bus. So I walked to the bus, which was across from a 7-Eleven. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to get some mint chocolate chip ice cream. (laughs) And it also may have been taking place during, like, a themed house party because we were all in like Victorian garb and then there was a murder in the house and I was like well now I can't break up with Edward because we're dealing with this murder are you sure you weren't in like a weird theme murder mystery party no No, there actually was a murder I I I mean it was a dream it's hard to say but this is I have read dream dream logic is where we're where we're at that's so funny. And, like, I can't even make a joke here about, obviously, if I had my druthers, I'd fantasize about this dude from Twilight, because there is no dude from Twilight I want to fantasize about. They're Not all even Jacob awful. Black? No, he's awful. What I about, hate him. What about Bella's dad? I'm not going to lust after Charlie, though. Sweet, <laughs> bumbling dad Charlie? Pass. But isn't he, like, just the only normal character? Yeah, but he's also, like... like like, if you had to lust after a Twilight character, like, I have, like, <laughs> like there's a gun to I've my head. poisoned your drink, and I will give you the antidote if you, like, admit to lusting after to one. I one. Oh my god. I don't... I'm still this thinking. Is, this is Courtney thinking about firing me from the podcast again. I mean, Bridget, whenever you're available, Sasha's been <laughs> fired so many times. Um, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> I just... Yeah, I don't. 
Oh, you know who it might... Well, no, because there's... What about Alice? Yeah, but I'm, like, tragically heterosexual. Yeah, that's true. Which gets me every Alice time. Alice is my answer. Yeah, I mean, Alice is the only correct answer. Yeah. There's one of the werewolf gang, I think his name's Sam. I remember him being okay and him being described as hot. Like, he's yeah. a little older than the crew, but so he's, like, you know, 28, but... So age-appropriate like, for us. Age-appropriate, yeah, for us, so... I think he's okay, so I'm gonna say Sam, and then yeah. watch. I'm gonna get to Sam in this book and be like, "Oh, Sam sucks too." Fuck. Yeah, I was thinking that, it, like, if I had to lust after anyone in that book, it'd probably be one of the werewolves, but like one of the minor yeah. character werewolves. Well, because that the thing is, I don't even like Jacob. Like, so Jacob, Jacob is trash. Black also, also as bad as Edward Cullen. Yes, he's also a little younger than I remembered he was. Oh, so no. it's age inappropriate, anyway. Yeah. So it's. Just, they're all terrible, so. I do want to give you a shout-out, Courtney. Thank you. I printed out one single document for Courtney, (laughs) and she picked me a dozen muffins, and they were (laughs) so good. Chocolate chip banana. It was... Yeah. It it satiated me all week. I just, I want to thank you for the most perfect muffins, and I am willing to do any other errands you need me to do for another bag of muffins. They were so good. Thank you for printing for me. So anyway, what are we talking about this week, other than how much I fucking hate Twilight? So ghost we're talking science. about ghost science. What does that mean? That Why means that science? I was lurking in a podcast group on Facebook and someone asked, I think it was Jeremy from podcasts we listened to, was like, what's a paranormal topic that you haven't heard a podcast on that you would like to hear a podcast on? And I took a lot of notes on that. We've already talked about one because we talked about H-A-A-R-P, HARP, Harp. Up in Alaska. Another thing somebody talked about was the stone tape theory. And I was like, oh, I bet Ooh. we could do an episode on like ghost science yes that's probably a thing <laughs> and so here we are so here we are so i've got a little bit of background about like what even are ghosts we just, we just don't, don't know. know and also they haven't been scientifically proven to exist nor not exist so they're not real <laughs> so let, we'll talk about that i have a couple of statements from like science like researchers and the ilk and then also some theories of like why people see ghosts and cool. It's a ghost, yeah. I'm going to talk about the stone tape theory and place memory. Sweet. And they talk a lot of science in this theory. None of it's real. It just sounds like it's science written by people who don't know science. That's, That's basically sort of like what I started finding in my stuff was either it's science that has to do with like psychology and that mm-hmm. like girl you hallucinating mm-hmm. or girl you have a gas leak. <laughs> it's always a gas leak. <laughs> and not like real science otherwise. Yeah. 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 So we um, here at Speed Power support science. We support science and even though between the two of us Courtney is the skeptic and I'm the I want to believe, I know that ghosts aren't real. I just want to believe. I know. Cuz it's honey. fun. I know. Yeah. Your wedding's coming up. I'll let you have this one. Okay, thank you. Basically, you know, we like I said, I do believe in ghosts, but I know that they're not real. If you believe in ghosts, you're not alone. I'm with you. And also, they are among the most widely believed paranormal phenomenon. Millions of people are interested in ghosts. And a 2013 Harris poll found that 43% of Americans believe in ghosts. So it's not uncommon to say, like, oh, I believe in ghosts or I don't believe. And that I feel like that even gels with, like, some years when I do that question about, like, when we study Beloved, and it's like, yeah. okay, who believes in ghosts or who doesn't believe in... Or it's, I think the existence of ghosts, right? And yeah. I get about a third of the class on one side of the room saying ghosts are real and, like, two-thirds saying that ghosts aren't, or vice mm-hmm. versa, right? But it's usually about half the class. Yeah. So, according to believers, a ghost is the spirit of a dead person that either has not moved on to the afterlife or has returned from it to communicate something. And then the definition of a spirit can vary because some people describe it as a person's soul. Other people believe it's an energetic imprint that a person leaves on the world. But either way, humans have believed in some capacity of ghosts for thousands of years. So you think about, like, literature, right? In the Epic of Gilgamesh... There's ghosts mentioned in that. You think yeah. about the Bible or Shakespeare's plays or just your run-of-the-mill campfire stories, like ghosts Who are everywhere. Who stole my golden arm, yeah. Yeah, right. So you, you it's, it's just so prolific. The interesting thing, though, is, and I'm sure 
you've noticed this in like doing research for other episodes. I've certainly noticed it in doing research for other episodes that like reports of ghosts, like we could find a lot of like ghost sightings in the Victorian era or like in the early 1900s, but they Mm -hmm. seem to be less common today. And it's sort of some researchers who study paranormal phenomenon or even like the psychology of like believing in ghosts say that this drop off in supernatural messengers might be because people one are no longer reporting seeing spirits of their loved ones because they don't want to seem crazy. (laughs) 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 Or you've got like, improvements in communication like telephones emails Mm -hmm. facetime that basically have made it unnecessary for ghosts to intervene in your human communication like if if something bad is going to happen like someone in real life might actually warn you about it that you're not going to be alone on your block like suffering in silence right yeah also in the victorian era there were a lot of gaslights yes not just gaslighting as a concept, but literal, like, gas lamps. Like, like girl, you got a gas leak. Yeah, yeah. it is always a gas leak. So yeah. you are high on fumes. They also did a lot of reflective wallpapers. Yeah. So you get an open flame near some reflective wallpaper, and boom, it looks like ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Because it looks like movement. So so continuing with the, the kind of the Victorian era thread is that People have been trying to communicate with spirits for ages. So, like, in Victorian England, it was fashionable, right, for Mm -hmm. upper-class ladies to hold seances in their parlors after tea with, like, crumpets and your friends, right? (laughs) And they had, like, ghost clubs dedicated to searching for ghostly evidence at places like Cambridge and Oxford. Mm -hmm. And then in 1882, the Society for uh, Psychical Research was established, and a woman named Eleanor Sidgwick was the investigator and later the president of that group. Remember that name. Remember that name? I'm going to check off Chekhov's gun. gun, the Society for Psychical Research. Okay. <laughs> but in America during the late 1800s, right, after the Civil War, when we've talked about this on this show, that a lot of psychic mediums were called upon to speak to the dead because you lost all of these young men in the Civil War and people mm-hmm. wanted to be able to commune with them again, but then could la- those people could also be later exposed as frauds by skeptical investigators like Harry Houdini, right? So it's... It's always kind of been at, like, the core of our, you know, pop culture and, like, the fun culture, right? Mm-hmm. You and I love doing Ouija board, right? Because sure it's do. fun to, like, play with that, right? Or yeah. we did our uh, dousing rods in a hotel, haunted hotel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was fun. It tickles that part of your brain that's like, ooh, spooky shit, right? <laughs> but thinking about ghost encounters themselves, people mm-hmm. describe them in a lot of different ways. Some people will see apparitions or strange lights, see a presence in the room, maybe hear noises that they can't explain. Often it's usually the house settling, mm-hmm. right? Or you feel a sudden drop in temperature. Like you walk into a cold spot somewhere and you're like, oh boy, right? They, You might smell a deceased relative's like uh, favorite cooking, right? Mm-hmm. Or like hear a favorite song playing, even though the stereo is off, or objects Whoa. are falling from shelves and doors and opens the doors open and close on their own, and the electricity goes haywire and starts like you know flickering, or the TV turns off by itself and not because you have it set on a timer, or you know sometimes it might just be like looking at a photograph, like the photo you <laughs> showed me, and saying like oh there's a strange apparition or a shape back there, Ooh. you know yeah. There's also some ghost stories that involve visible apparitions that are bound to a specific location or family. We've talked about this in previous episodes with, like, this ghost always attends events in this bar or lives at this hotel, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be a warning of something, right? Or a reminder. Ghosts could be the spirits of people who died violently or suddenly. So some people believe that the the brown mountain lights in North Carolina, which are flickering lights that appear on a slope of a mountain, are the spirits of Native Americans who were slaughtered. And sometimes, like, ghostly reproductions of inanimate objects can reappear after accidents or tragedies. Mm -hmm. So... And then other ghosts that are, like, basically sticking around. They're unable to leave the Earth. They might just be Earthbound, and they're just stuck there until they can pass on a final message or get something done so that Mm -hmm. they can move on. So for a lot of people, hearing or seeing or sensing a ghost is enough to prove their existence, but personal experience and formal scientific research are not the same. And part of the difficulty in investigating ghosts is that there's not one universally agreed 
definition of what a ghost is. Mm -hmm. So some people believe, again, there's spirits of the dead, for whatever reason, like, get lost on their way to the other side. Other people say that ghosts are actually telepathic entities projected into the world from our minds. Mm -hmm. So it's like a hallucination. It could be a poltergeist, a residual haunting, an intelligent spirit, a shadow person. (laughs) But it's basically, it's all made up, right? It's basically speculating on the types of fairies or the types of dragons. There are as many ghosts as you want there to be. Right. And then there's also these, like, contradictions inherent in ideas about ghosts. You could have ghosts be material. You could have ghosts not. They can Mm -hmm. move through solid objects or without disturbing them, or they can slam doors shut and throw objects across the room. Like, if Like, they can control whether they're phasing in and out of things, right? Mm -hmm. And according to the logic and the laws of physics, it has to be one or the other, right? If ghosts are human souls, why do they appear clothes and with presumably soulless inanimate objects like hats, canes, dresses? And then there's also, like, ghost trains and carriages and cars, right? Like, if you have a soul and your soul comes back, why does your soul have clothes when the clothes itself is, like has nothing no bearing on like your soul itself like why aren't ghosts naked right an excellent question again ghosts not real we should devote an entire episode to why aren't ghosts naked (laughs) why aren't ghosts naked why aren't they naked yeah so basically a lot of so i'll go into this after courtney talks about some of her her research but basically there are a bunch of different ways that (laughs) investigators have tried to figure out whether ghosts are or are not and there are definitely the believer scientists and there's skeptic scientists and so we'll sort of hear from both sides and a lot of the science is not going to be real science so just take all of this with a grain of salt all yes. right do you want to talk about tape the things or... the... i would i would love to yes. so all of this comes from my very reputable scientific sources although one is maybe a website that i'm going to go back to because it was really interesting so <laughs> From Steve Goodman and Vimeo, I watched part of a video, it's not important, haunted-devon.co.uk, spookygeology.com, which Wait, is the Wait, haunted devon, like, like it's another, like, touristy? Yes, I yes. think so. <laughs> Good. Spookygeology.com, which is the one I want to go back to, because it seems like they cover cool shit. Spookygeology.com. Nice. I got your ghost in the machine right here. Wikipedia and ASAP. Dot AC dot UK. That's A-S-S-A-P. ASAP. ASAP. <laughs> Your advanced placement ass. And so <laughs> this is the stone tape theory, also known as place memory, also known as residual hauntings, also known as a bunch of different shit, but it's all roughly the same concept. So there is speculation that ghost energy can get trapped in rocks, stones, and other solid objects during highly emotional or traumatic incidents. This theory is commonly called the stone tape theory because of the similarity to tape recordings and because of a TV play called The Stone Tape. Aha! Uh-huh. I thought you meant, like, stone tape, like, the soul is stone. Sticky to the rock. Oh, yeah, like scotch tape? Like scotch tape. <laughs> Not no, like it's, a it's more like a tape recording. Okay. <laughs> but I like scotch tape ghosts like better. The, the rock is sticky and the spirit sticks to it. Yeah, just like, <laughs> just stuck in yeah, there. just stuck in so, there. So, it gets its name from the TV play called The Stone Tape. Apparently, it's available in its entirety on YouTube. I didn't go looking for it. We may need to watch it for Bonecomb because it kind of looks yeah. like Witch's Brew. Oh my god, Yes. So, in the stone tape, a team of scientists working on the next big recording device, because it's in the 70s, move into a new research facility, a haunted Victorian mansion that has been renovated. Ah, what a (laughs) great place to live. It's a great place for science. Yeah. Over the course of the play, the scientists investigate the weird happenings in the haunted house, and they come to suspect that the stones of the building are acting as a recording medium for things in the past. And by investigating it, they release something darker. The play play earned its name from the stone room inside the mansion that turns out to be haunted by the death of a young woman. Okay. So that's the, the titular stone tape. Okay. If this theory were to, you know, come to fruition now, it would be like the stone streaming service. Right. Stonify. Like. <laughs> the stone pod. <laughs> the stone pod. 
Yes, okay, so this theory posits that any place where humans spend a great deal of time or where something intense and dramatic happens retains the memory of events and feelings that occurred. Then, Mm -hmm. when certain conditions are met, the incidents or emotions would play back, causing spectral apparitions to appear. Mm -hmm. These apparitions are fairly limited in what they can do, though, because it's it's a tape playing back, so they can't interact with anything present. Instead, they work more like a movie and are sometimes called residual hauntings. They are a relic of the past that is doomed to play out over and over and over. So these are going to be things like basically all the ghosts of women in colors who are always Uh, seen waiting at that one window for their departed love to return. Yeah. So they don't necessarily respond to people being like, hey, who are you? Or like people walking in, they're just there. Yeah. These residual hauntings are different than so-called intelligent hauntings, which are where the ghosts interact with their surroundings and the living present. So where ghosts are, like, actively fucking with people or interacting in some way with them or, like, responding to outside stimuli, Mm -hmm. that's an intelligent haunting. These are not those. Right. These are the ghosts that only repeat one thing over and over, even if that one activity is limited to a certain time, a weather Mm -hmm. pattern, a day of the year, whatever. Uh A few examples that have been tied to the stone tape theory as residual hauntings. Anne Boleyn riding to Blickling Hall in a carriage or wandering Mm -hmm. the grounds at night, which we've talked about. The site of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire, allegedly super haunted, but it's by, it just replays the last moments of those people's lives in the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Gotcha. The ghosts of the Queen Mary are generally considered to be residual hauntings that are imprinted on the ship, so they're not going to interact with guests, it's just going to be a woman in white in the ballroom or whatever. Yeah. In fact, most of the most commonly reporting hauntings are residual hauntings. It's, it's, even if you believe in ghosts, it's pretty rare to get a ghost that's going to, like, interact with you in any meaningful way. And when you mentioned, like, the women wearing a color, Mm -hmm. like, I was thinking about that on the... in California, right, on the West Coast, yes. there's the woman who is just waiting for her boyfriend to come back, right? She just, yeah. like, sits and, like, has a drink. Yeah. 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 So or she's like, one who's imprinted on that bar. Yeah, or Scary Mary in Alaska, yeah. who just hangs out in that one hotel right. and waits for Klondike Ike to come back. That's right, yeah. that's what his name was. Klondike Ike <laughs> and Scary Mary. Yeah, and what so... What do for a Klondike Ike? Kill every ghost, every guest in this hotel room while I wait for. (laughs) (laughs) Although Scary Mary does sometimes like pop out at people that she suspects are cheating on. Cheating, yep. Yeah, on you can't take my man. Yeah, listen here. So she is kind of an intelligent haunting, but most for the most part, basically all the women in colors are they're usually like pining or like going up the stairs. Yeah. So that's why they're residual hauntings. It's because they're not doing anything new. Some proponents of the stone tape theory believe that only certain rock has the capacity to record this otherworldly energy. Interesting. Specifically, it's going to be crystalline rocks like quartz and limestone that Uh have the juju necessary to trap spirits in the, quote, fabric of the rock media in a process similar to magnetic tape recording. So Uh... I don't think it's like burning a CD. It's going to be more like, you know. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I put in my notes, what an old-fashioned sentence. Maybe future ghosts will be available for download. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, it'd be convenient. You keep them on your phone. Again, like, I'm wondering about, like, modern ghosts, right? Like, they aren't reported very frequently because no one wants to seem crazy, but, like, what about the ghosts who already know how to use a smartphone? Right. We should absolutely do an episode on, like, modern ghosts from, like, past ten years. Like, can I get the Wi-Fi password, please? Yes. Please and thank you. Or Can you the turn Netflix, the AC up? The Netflix, like, keeps rewinding on you, and you're like, yeah. why is this happening? And the person's like, I wish you would turn on the subtitles. <laughs> the, the ghost is hard of hearing. <laughs> or, like, do you have a PS4 or a Switch or something? Like, any gaming console? Any gaming any console. Kind? Like, anyway. let me kick your ass in Smash. Ooh, a ghost! <laughs> Ooh, a ghost! And you're, like, playing Smash, and then all of a sudden, like, somebody just blazes in and just crushes you. Right? It's a ghost. Like, a player two enters, and you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I was playing against the computer, and they're like, yeah. not anymore, you're not. Yeet! Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so at a later date, the energy playback can only be triggered if a person sensitive to energy and vibes can receive it. So this is where it crosses over with another pseudoscience called psychometry, which is the belief that people can be sensitive to energy and stuff in mm. objects. So like my weird thing about antiques, if yeah. I believed in ghosts, 
could be a sign of me being sensitive from a psychometry perspective. My mom's weird thing where she saw ghosts when she was younger. Yeah. Yeah. So if your mom were to go into one of these circumstances where the energy had been trapped in a rock, she would probably trigger the projection of whatever incident or memory was trapped in there. Uh Uh-huh. So it has to be somebody receptive to it, or it has to meet certain conditions. So these are things like the molecular architecture of crystalline quartz, energy fields, including that of dead stuff, if you're using mm-hmm. limestone, because a lot of limestone is like dead, dead stuff. shit. Yeah, it's yeah. An organic material. Yeah. Yeah. Resonant frequencies, iron oxide crystals, electromagnetism, and something called quantum entanglement. And I put in my notes, this sounds like me talking about a science thing I don't understand. Right. <laughs> no, it's quantum entanglement. Quite, it's fine. You know. So, Yeah, so it's like, if it's the kind of ghost, like, I know one of the sightings of Anne Boleyn, I think, occurs on Valentine's Day. So, things like that, where it's like, it has to be Valentine's Day, there has to be a full moon, it has to be cloudy, the temperature has to be 69 degrees, nice. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. (laughs) That's the only way I'm going to show up. Yeah. It has to be 69 degrees. And then you're going to show up and be like, nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a modern ghost for you. Is is a ghost that only appears at four twenty in the afternoon if it's sixty nine degrees. degrees. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> what a cool ghost. Please it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so stone tape theory has its origins in a concept that is about two hundred years old. So obviously, preceding the idea of tapes. Yeah. In his 1838 work, The Ninth Bridgewater Treatise, mathematician and someone who should have known better, Charles Babbage, outlined a theory that would come to be known as place memory, which is how the stone tape theory was referred to for a very long time. Okay. So this is the ability of a place to retain events that happen there. So kind of like, you know, the the phrase, if these walls could talk, Talk, it's that, but like, make it spooky. Ah, Okay. Babbage wrote, and this is is pretty cool, but again, he's a mathematician. He maybe should have known better. (laughs) <laughs> the air itself is one vast library, on whose pages are forever written all that man has ever said or women whispered. Also, rude. Women can say shit, too. We're not just always whispering. Right. Listen to how loud I talk, Charles Babbage. <laughs> Charles Babbage needs to hang out with us and realize how loud women can be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charles Babbage, I'll give you something to be loud about, motherfucker. <laughs> They are, in their mutable but unerring characters, mixed with the earliest, as well as with the latest size of mortality, stand forever recorded, vows unredeemed, promises unfulfilled, perpetuating in the united movements of each particle the testimony of man's changeful will. So basically, everything you ever say is going to be in the air. So it's like how we say the internet is forever, but it's everything that comes out of your mouth, the air is going to remember forever. That's crazy. Which is upsetting, because we've all said some stupid shit. Yeah. But, but also kind of makes sense if you think about, like, conservation of energy. Uh, right. Yeah. That, Matter like, cannot be created or destroyed. Yeah. No, so, like, the words that we've spoken out into the air can't be created nor destroyed. Mm-hmm. Right? So Interesting. So, you can't get rid of them. Once they're out, they're out. And so, as part of this theory, Babbage believed that due to the transfer of motion between particles, which is the law of conservation of mass, mm-hmm. law of conservation of energy spoken words would leave permanent impressions in the air. So, like, the whole concept of speech is your throat vibrates a certain way and it moves these air particles and then sound comes out. Uh So, if you say something, it's going to move those air particles. And if it gets to the point where humans can no longer hear those air particles, that doesn't mean it's gone. It just means it's inaudible as a result of time. Because think of all the things that we know make a sound that we can't hear. That doesn't mean it's not there. So Babbage is like... All right, so same deal with things that people have said. So it's kind of like, you know, sometimes people will visit, like, the Lincoln Memorial in D.C. and, like, mm-hmm. stand where Dr. King stood and be like, I felt just, like, like this amazing amount of history right here. Yeah. That's kind of that idea of, like, you can still feel the words or the yes. energy from that. So that could be considered a form of place memory because place memory. Okay. that spot remembers... Mm-hmm. Dr. King stood here and he said a bunch of stuff and there's all this like power and weight to it. So right. all of the human emotions that were captured by that march, by all the people who mm-hmm. witnessed it, that left an impression on the environment. Mm-hmm. So now if certain conditions are met, like if somebody who's receptive to that energy then stands on that spot, they're going to feel yeah. something or see something. Or when if there's some like terrible thing that happened and some people say, oh, mm-hmm. I feel something terrible happened here. Yeah. It's like that place memory. Same okay. deal. Cool. Yeah. So, 
50 years after Charles Babbage was running his mouth about how women are quiet, <laughs> the Society for Psychical Research, hey. which you may have heard about earlier, expanded on this theory of place memory. In 1885, future president of the SPR, Eleanor Sidgwick, hey. whom you may have heard about earlier, <laughs> published several theories about why hauntings happen, and among them was place memory, where, quote, something in the actual building itself, some subtle physical influence, which produces in the brain that effect which, in turn, becomes the cause of a hallucination. Mm. So, Sidgwick here is saying, instead of the incident is being played like a tape by the environment, mm -hmm. place memory may just cause a specific hallucination in the witness. So, like, uh. if you're one of those people who's receptive to the energy, it's not that place projecting the image for you to see it. It's that place has an impact on your brain, which then makes you hallucinate whatever the thing was. Okay. So kind of a reverse... It, it's still place memory, but it's kind of reversed. Sure. So... Another founding member of the SPR, Frederick W.H. Myers, further expounded on this theory in 1903 in his Human Personality and its Survival of Bodily Death. But Myers could probably have read Sedgwick's research a little more closely. Yeah. She didn't actually believe in place memory. Like, she described oh. it as, you know, of all the theories that I'm expounding on in this piece, she called this one, quote, one which I can hardly expect to appear plausible. I only introduce it because I think that it corresponds best to a certain part of the evidence. So she's like, this is bullshit, but like I can see why people think it's legit. That's but it's so bullshit. <laughs> but that <laughs> did not stop the Society for Psychical Research because yet another SPR member wrote even more on the concept of place memory. So like she just put this forth as like, I have to say it because some people believe it, but yeah. it's not real. But then everybody else was like, place memory. You got it. You got so it. It's real. It's real. H.H. Price wrote in Haunting and the Psychic Ether Hypothesis that traces of memory could pin themselves to real objects, but only if the memory was, quote, a result of the emotions or other experiences of some person who formerly inhabited the room, much as fingerprints result automatically from our handling of a wine glass or a poker. Okay. So again, all you would need is someone sensitive to the paranormal to come through and the impressions mm -hmm. would play back in the recording. But his variation is it's just someplace you spent a large amount of time. So okay. it would be like your house rather than just like the corner store that you visited for five minutes every three weeks. Right. Okay. Without using the terms residual haunting, stone tape, or place memory, Thomas Charles Lethbridge, who was described in the source I found as a controversial archaeologist... <laughs> Don't know what that means, but I love it. He's one of the biggest supporters of the stone tape theory. Again, he didn't use any of the words that describe it, but it's clear he's talking about the same shit. Yeah. So in 1961, Lethbridge wrote of an encounter with an apparition near a stream and explained that this spirit was likely the result of a sort of surrounding ether that connects inanimate objects to memories. Okay. Thus, ghosts are not supernatural entities at all, but actually are scientific reactions to invisible fields. Stay with me, it's going to get more nuts. <laughs> Lethbridge named these fields after Greek mythology and linked them to physical features that humans can actually observe. Okay. So... Bodies of water are surrounded by the naiad fields, forests uh -huh. have dryad fields, mountains have oread fields, and the earth has gay fields. It's G-E, I think it's pronounced gay. Gay fields. Gay fields. Actually, there's a street near me that's called gay fields, and every time I drive past it, I'm like, hee hee. Hee! <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's prone to being haunted, so check awesome. it out. Check it out. So gay ghosts, the, uh, 69, <laughs> gay 420, 420, blaze it. <laughs> Uh, be gay, do supernatural crimes. Yes! These fields are charged by ions, and everyone's psyche leaves an imprint on it. So it doesn't matter the amount of time you spend there, the ions are going to be impacted by the power of your human psyche. Gotcha. So, places that have a reputation for spooky occurrences, like murders, deaths, or uneasy feelings. So, like, think of how uncomfortable people report feeling at the site of, like, murders or also, like, Bunny Man Bridge. Right, the so site of some crime, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So, those ion fields, essentially, would be impacted by everyone moving through it and being like, ooh, I have a weird feeling about this place. So then that would have a snowball effect to make that place feel even more creepy to everybody who came after. Okay. 
Lethbridge also thought that these effects could be enhanced by the weather, with humidity in particular being an excellent conductor of these fields and paranormal vibes, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because we do have a lot of residual hauntings here in Virginia, and it is humid as fuck all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Lethbridge believed that water molecules could recharge these ionic fields, which would in turn preserve the imprints forever. So you get a better imprint the more water molecules there are in there. See? Again, it's very sciencey terms. I was about to say, it sounds so <laughs> like science, and I want to believe it so bad, but I also know it's a lord of bullshit. <laughs> oh yeah, just complete nonsense. It's just Although all nonsense. Some, some modern ghost hunters take this water belief even one step further and posit that the water molecule itself is what retains the memory. So in humid places, you have a lot of water molecules that can retain memories. Obviously, because of how water molecules move, it is unlikely that they would hold on to memories. Like, think of think of what water does. Water fucking flows. Yeah. It doesn't stay in one place. No. Like, there's, there's folksy sayings about you cannot cross the same river twice because the water moves. But sure. Uh, for it's Pocahontas. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Actual science has also gone into this pseudoscience theory. Mm -hmm. Don Robbins, a solid-state chemist who also should have known better, tried (laughs) to demonstrate the capture of memories and stones by observing and recording defects in the crystal lattice of minerals. Because the array of atoms... I mean, again, we get really sciencey to defend this completely bullshit theory. No offense to people who believe the stone tape theory. Yeah. But you know it's 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 not real science. I feel like that... If I had to believe in any theory, I would believe yeah. in the stone tape theory. That this, this is the one, one that, like, to me, the holds water. the most water, but Literally also doesn't actually work. No. But I but believe it. Maybe. So his thought was because the array of atoms that make up minerals can be shaped by electrical forces, a similar effect should be observable for recorded memories. So, like, it'll rearrange the crystalline whatever the fuck. Sure. Robbins dubbed this a macro chip instead of a stone tape, but it was the same basic principle. Yeah. Also, I like macro chip because it's just, it's cute. It's cute. It's like a micro chip, but big. <laughs> big chip. It's like when you pull the big chip of, from the Ruffles bag. Oh, yeah. Or when the, you're the having, giant like, one. Ruffles Uts. Oh, yeah. Like the Uts with Ruffles. Like, so you pull out one and it's just like a giant barbecue chip and it's like, oh, fuck yes. This potato is huge. It's a macro chip. Is- this one is so much more delicious than all the others. It's a macro chip to hold in all the macro flavors. <laughs> <sighs> so there are other variations on place memory in the stone tape theory, because again, as far as pseudosciences go, this one sounds so legit. Mm-hmm. So you know how atoms have an electron cloud? Sure. Like that's that's yeah. how electrons move around? Yeah. That's where memories are stored. Oh, so in when the something, electrons. Yeah, so when something happens on the same resonant frequency as the electron cloud, the atoms would absorb the maximum amount of energy. Later, if the resonant frequency was met again, that energy would be released and would transmit the memories and psychic impact to the closest available receptive person, causing them to view the event. Mm. Then there's this one, which is fun. Instead of there being fields in the air, the Earth itself works like a photographic exposure exposure plate. (laughs) Explosion. Exposure. So ghosts are the result of... I I quoted this because I knew I couldn't summarize it because I don't know what the fuck it says. Matched inductance between geomagnetic activity and the local static field. So basically this is going to create some kind of geologic hologram. As spookygeology.com put it. And I was like, I like the idea of a geologic hologram. But... That would be captured in the crystalline structure of the rock. And then there's a variation on this theory that is already in and of itself a variation that the Earth's magnetic field is responsible for ghosts, but because humans can't really feel the magnetic field, it's unlikely that it would impact us enough to make us see ghosts. Okay. But in theory, the magnets do something. Do something. We are, what even are magnets? Science, bitch. (laughs) Science, bitch. And then finally, space weather. Space weather. Seriously. Certain paranormal investigators believe that solar activity can be linked to ghostly apparitions. So if you check the space weather forecast and solar activity is high, you can expect to encounter some ghosts. Sadly, if you try to prove that the stone tape theory is real or you try to apply actual proven science to it, it falls apart. There's no concrete evidence that it's a real science. There is no method, procedure, or technology that we know of that is capable of capturing emotions or memories on the medium of stone, let alone replaying it back for centuries and centuries. 
But that doesn't stop it from being one of the most widespread theories used by paranormal investigators. If you've watched Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, or Most Haunted, all of them have name-dropped the stone tape theory. It is particularly commonly cited by people who visit the Gettysburg Battlefield. Oh, no shit. (laughs) So the investigators who have explored Gettysburg expound that the battlefield is based on quartz, which is a crystalline rock, which is primed for stone tape. Yeah. And it's also founded on granite both of which are excellent conductors of place memory. Uh These paranormal investigators are wrong because Gettysburg is actually on mud, siltstone, and other mixed minerals common in the mid-Atlantic. That's what I was going (laughs) to, like, I was like, that doesn't... No. Based on my two geology classes I took in college... No, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) No, it is not correct. To close, I would like to quote Theodore Schick and Louis Vaughn in their book, How to Think About Weird Things, Critical Thinking (laughs) for the New Age, which sounds incredible. Yeah. Quote... Chunks of stone just do not have the same properties as reels of tape. But wouldn't it be fun if they did? Mic drop. Pew pew! So, just very quickly, I'm going to go into just a couple ways that people think that ghosts manifest or, you know, like, these things might be what's causing people to think they have ghosts. Kind of like with the stone tape theory, when you were just about to say, like, you know, like the solar storms and all that, right? Like, it sort of goes into a little bit of that. So, one is orb photography, right? That some paranormal researchers believe that photographs that contain orbs or, like, unexplained spots of lights are signs of ghostly activity, but... Skeptics are saying, okay, have you considered cameras flash reflecting off dust particles or moisture in the air? Oh, it's humid? <laughs> ghosts! Because ghosts. look at all these part- like weird ghost orbs, right? Yeah. But it might just be the humidity, you Maybe know, with the flash. Maybe ghosts just love humidity. Maybe ghosts have really thin hair that doesn't frizz up in it. Right? Water spots on the camera's lens. Defects in digital camera sensors. And then just developing or printing errors. Right? Okay. So even though that, you know, these orbs are visible to the naked eye and they could have, you know, because like the spirits are reacting to infrared light from the automatic focus, but no, it's probably just moisture in the air. <laughs> Sleep states and alter state of consciousness can also lead people to believe that they've experienced something supernatural. So sleep paralysis or a hypnogogic trance could maybe explain encounters in which people see spirits while in bed and are un- unable to move or escape. Most people will experience a hypogogic trance once or twice in their life, but it's more common in people who have epilepsy or certain sleep disorders. So those people who go into a trance or like sleepwalking Mm -hmm. or something might think they've experienced something supernatural, but it's really just their brain playing tricks on them. You're basically still like a dream state. When we are allowed to go places again, I do want us to try one of those like Sensory deprivation. Yeah, I really floats. want to go to one of those. When yeah, it's safe to go to things again. Yeah, when it's safe for us to do stuff, I do want to try that and see what happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> Physician John Ferriar wrote in an essay towards a theory of applications in the year 1813. Man, the 1800s were just like ghost science ghost on ghost science. science. Out the wazoo. Like, yeah. Was there no real science they could apply themselves right? towards? <laughs> Meanwhile, like, people like Darwin and, yeah. like, other actual scientists are, like, trying to make big, you know, yeah. big Edison leaps Edison and Darwin science. are like, yeah, okay, you guys do whatever the fuck you want. We've got, like, big shit over here, but sure, go look into ghosts or whatever. Yeah, go off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, he argues that science of ghosts were the results of optical illusions. Okay. The French physician Alexandre Jacques-François B- Briere de Boismont. <laughs> You're sure he's French? Yeah. <laughs> Alexandre Jacques Francois Briere de Boismont published On Hallucinations or The Rational History of Apparitions, Dreams, Ecstasy, Magnetism, and Som- Somnambulism in 1845. Oh, somnambulism is sleepwalking. Yeah. In which he claimed that. Word. Sightings of ghosts were the results of hallucinations. So even as early as the 1800s, the skeptics are saying, or or the ghost scientists are saying that uh, maybe when you're sleeping, those aren't ghosts. Yeah, could be something else. Um, in some quote haunted locations, researchers have measured magnetic fields that are stronger than normal or which exhibit unusual fluctuations. They may be localized phenomena that stem from like electronic equipment or geological formations, or they might just be a part of the Earth's magnetic field. So the paranormal investigators think of this as proof as a supernatural expre- presence that the ghosts are creating the field. 
And then some people are suggesting that the fields then interact with the human brain and cause hallucinations, dizziness, or other neurological system symptoms. Okay. Yeah. People will go on Amazon and look for this Can't thing called, called the safe range or the K2 meter, which is the Amazon listings will refer to this as a ghost meter and it's an EMF meter, but basically it only operates on one axis. You have to like wave it around to get a proper reading and it's unshielded. <laughs> so you can like set it off oh. by a cell phone or a two-way radio or really any kind of electronic device that occasionally gives off electro- electromagnetic waves. So again, baby monitor, baby monitor, microphone. <laughs> yeah. I will say of, of everything like that like spooky things or not spooky things baby monitors are actually really scary to me oh they're terrifying they're terrifying one-way radio and all kinds of shit comes through like i sometimes i will get like one of my friends will send like photos of the baby monitor and her baby just to be like huh look how weird she is or like look what she's doing Mm -hmm. but my initial first thought to seeing like a baby monitor photo is like i'm in danger yeah it's like (laughs) it's like i think it was a post on reddit or on twitter where someone thought that there was another baby in the crib or the baby had two faces but really oh, right, like but they it didn't was the put crib the sheet. Pet, bed pad underneath yeah. the bed sheet and <laughs> the baby's face from like the marketing materials was like emerging through the bed sheets yeah <laughs> just terrifying stuff yeah or like um, if it, did you see signs back when M. Night Shyamalan was uh, good no I didn't see okay. that but I know well, of it it was yeah. it was good but like they pick up on alien communications with the baby monitors yeah so you hear, like, this, like, terrifying alien language oh, coming through a fucking baby monitor. That's it's scary. like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, leave the babies alone, please. I hate it. They're so small and fragile. <laughs> but they fucking love ghosts, man. But they fucking love ghosts. Yeah, so, like, so these electromagnetic fields maybe are just, like, messing with our brains and thinking yeah. that we... Yeah, that we're seeing them. Some researchers also have theorized that this might be one of the reasons people report more ghostly activity at night. Because of the way solar wind interacts with the Earth's magnetosphere, the planet's magnetic field stretches out on a side that's in darkness. Some researchers also hypothesize that this expanded field interacts more strongly with people's brains. And medical researchers have also studied the effects of electro electric fields on people's brains where electrical stimulation to the angular gyrus of the brain can cause a sensation of someone behind you mimicking your movements. Or electric stimulation to different parts of your brain can also cause people to hallucinate. Interesting. Have we considered that darkness is just spooky? That's like that's the thing where I'm just like, I think just the dark is yeah. scary. Have you guys been out at night? It's fucking scary. <laughs> the, the worst thing... So, I really enjoyed living in the house where you still live. Yeah. Because of the woods that, like, back up. Yes. Right? And because... <laughs> I mean, it's it can be spooky if you go out there at night. It's scary. Yeah. Because it's pitch fucking black. Like, I went... I live on a okay lit street now with a, mm-hmm. like not a large yard and like neighbors on either side but there was one day jack and i took the trash out at like 9 p.m and we went to the side of the house that doesn't have any lights and our diagonal neighbor and a friend were crossing through like the tree line area while we were taking out the trash and I about shit myself because even though that's like open land, it's not technically our land. Like anyone can just like walk across it. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to run into anything in the dark, and I yeah. thought I was gonna shit. <laughs> like people the dark shapes is in darkness where you're not expecting people shapes are the worst. Yeah. And like there have been times as an adult where I've been somewhere that loses power, and so it's like really dark. And logically, I always tell myself there is nothing in here that was not here when the lights were on. Right. But, but it's scary. as soon as the lights are out, it's like, but what if there is? Yeah. Am I sure that there wasn't anything here? Yeah. Did somebody, like, break in and now that it's dark, they can make their move? Yeah. Like, do we know? No. Yeah. So have these scientists considered nighttime is just the spooky time? So that's when people see spooky shit? Huh. <laughs> Maybe uh, night's just scary. Night is just scary. You heard it here first, folks. In addition to electromagnetic waves and electric waves and everything, all of that... Yeah. Some experiments have also looked at low-frequency sound waves known as infrasound, 
that can cause phenomena people also will associate with ghosts. And this could include feelings of nervousness and discomfort, as well as a sense of a presence in the room. The sound mm. waves might vibrate the human eye, causing people to see things that are not there. And Ugh. usually these waves have a frequency of less than 20 hertz, so they're often low, too low pitch for people to actually perceive. And so mm -hmm. instead of noticing the sound itself, they're noticing this effects on their body. Sometimes researchers can locate the source, and basically it goes into that ghost in the machine Mm -hmm. situation where authors of an article called The Ghost in the Machine, Vic Tandy and Tony Lawrence, described a low-frequency standing wave that was originating from a fan. The sound wave disappeared after the researchers modified the fan's housing, and when the waves dissipated, so did the symptoms of haunting in the building. So people were having a negative like, effect because of low-frequency sound waves. See, I don't believe in ghosts, but I absolutely believe in sounds we can't hear freaking us out. Yeah. Because that's like a, that's a proven science fact is yeah. even if it's a frequency we can't pick up on, it will make us feel things. Yeah, exactly. So like, oh, I, so that could be attributed to that negative feeling that you have in a place that could be like in like a building, old building that could be haunted yeah. or something if there's like old electronics in there. It yeah. could just be something just that's something gone. something giving off. Off, a yeah. little hum. Ooh. And thinking back to the kind of your research, there's a researcher named Richard Wiseman of the University of Hertfordshire who researched the phenomenon of haunting in Great Britain. And so he was studying locations like the Haunted Gallery at Hampton Court Place or the Edinburgh Vaults um, and Mary's, Mary King's Clothes. He basically had consulted written records and interviewed employees to determine exactly where in each location people have reported ghostly activity. And mm -hmm. then he asked visitors to document their experience and report anything out of the ordinary. So already by that, you're almost like putting the suggestion in someone's head that something could yeah. happen, right? But anyway, his results were pretty consistent, where people reported more strange experiences in the areas where others have experienced unusual phenomena in the past. Mm -hmm. So people have more ghostly experience in the places that seem to be the most haunted. But, mm -hmm. And that can like support the idea that a building can be haunted, or it can just be the power of suggestion, right? If someone says this yeah. place is haunted, you can be like, yeah, I can see that, right? Yeah. Like, I can feel that. So you're, it's the, the power of suggestion that makes a haunted place more haunted. Yeah. So finally, to kind of close out, Joe Nickel of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry wrote that there Ooh, was can no... Can I join that committee? <laughs> right? That's the, yeah, that's the Courtney's that's committee. That's the me committee. There's no credible scientific evidence that any location inhabited has been inhabited by spirits of the dead. Limitations of human perceptions and ordinary physical explanations can account for ghost sightings. For example, air pressure changes in a home causing doors to slam. Humidity changes causing boards to creak. Condensation and electrical connections causing intermittent behavior or lights from a passing car reflected through a window at night. I'm also thinking about even what we were talking about. Victorian England had shiny wallpaper and mm -hmm. candlelight, right? Yeah. Like, you're going to see It's going to make movement. it look like shit's moving, but it's not. It's yeah. just light. Pareidolia, an innate tendency to recognize patterns in random perceptions, is what mm -hmm. some skeptics believe causes people to believe that they have, quote, seen ghosts. Mm -hmm. Reports of ghosts, see, quote, seen out of the corner of the eye may be accounted for by the sensitivity of human peripheral vision. According to Nickel, peripheral vision can easily mislead, especially late at night when the brain is tired and more likely to misinterpreted sights and sounds. Also, it's dark, and dark is scary, right? Again, have you considered dark, dark is, scary? is scary? Also, I think pareidolia is what explains, like, Bloody Mary and other, like, because we're, we're primed to recognize faces and stuff. Yes, exactly. So. And Nickel further states that science cannot substantiate the existence of a, quote, life energy that could survive death without dissipating... Or or function at all without a brain. Why would clothes survive? He asks, if ghosts glide, then why do people claim to hear them with heavy footfalls? He, so that, that also, again, like, it's like, if the, soul, if the soul comes back, why does it take the form of it's a human true. that has a brain, right? Yeah. And why does it have clothes on? I could yeah, maybe... Yeah, come back as a red panda. Yeah, I could maybe think of, yeah, so, some people were saying, like, you know, ghosts come back as, like, in the forms of animals. Right. One of, uh, th so, so, my family in the last couple years lost my, um, lost one of my uncles mm -hmm. and lost my grandpa last weekend. And one of my uncles who... I absolutely adore, and he and I talk about ghost stuff, too, because, like, again, I like to believe in ghosts. I know they're not yes. real, but I like to believe in them. I know, but also your mom's a ghost magnet, Also, my ghost so. mom is a ghost magnet, right? Yeah. That, thinking about the animal thing, he'll go on hikes in, in the desert in Southern California, and he'll see, like, a hawk fly by, and that is, like, 
emblematic or representative of my uncle who passed a few years ago. And then the other day, like it was like the day after my grandpa passed, my uncle mm-hmm. went on a hike and he'll see rabbits in the desert every once in a while, but he usually doesn't come up to them, like come up like very close to them and mm-hmm. doesn't usually see rabbit poop around like where he's hiking, but he actually ended up stepping in rabbit poop and oh. it had this unmistakable smell of farm. And my dad and his brothers grew up on a farm. And so he smelled this, like, really strong Michigan farm smell in Southern California. And then this rabbit just, like, looking at him. And he was like, oh, that's that's Grandpa. (laughs) Like, that's my dad in rabbit form. And so thinking about, like ghosts or spirits in that way I feel like makes a little bit more sense or thinking about ghosts in like the shape of an orb right because yeah. if Nickel says that how can they take the form of a human yeah why would you be person shaped yeah if you the brain like how can how can a spirit survive without a brain or how can or like how, how can like a human form survive without a brain how can clothes survive without being animate right mm-hmm. and basically he says that ghosts act the same way as dreams memories and imaginings because they too are mental creations they're not evi- they are evidence not of another world but of this real and natural one so basically saying that everything that we think to experience as ghosts is more like in our heads and evidence of us being like alive and like mm-hmm. human so i, I, I like do that. like that way of putting it yeah i like yeah. that too I have seen in, like, certain ghost movies and stuff, people's ghost comes back as, like, the time they were most alive. Yeah. You know, so, like, they'll appear younger or whatever. Right. How they, like, perceive themselves. Yeah. Which would make sense. But, again, ghosts should be naked. Should probably be blobs. Yeah. Hmm. So, basically, like, you could explain a lot of this phenomena away just by basic science. But... Science! But, you know, hasn't been disproven. (laughs) She continues to argue. (laughs) It's fine. Ghosts can be real, too, I guess. Yeah, I definitely... I kind of now won earlier when you were talking about, like, we love doing the Ouija board. And I'm like, we do love doing the Ouija board. I wonder if there's a virtual one. There fucking is. And we should totally try it. Oh, my God. We should try it. There are a couple different ones. There's an app you can download called the Spirit Board Simulator. That's so funny. And it listens to... So you ask any question, you wait for a spirit or ghost to respond. That's so funny. Meanwhile, it's, like, just another person, like, two states over. Yeah. (laughs) Also <laughs> responding, like, uh, co- commenting into something. Love it. And two, I'm like, I kind of want to search and see if anybody has recorded those, like, uneasy sounds and see if we can, like, listen to them and see what that's like. Oh, that'd be scary. When you were talking about, like, the 20 hertz, it makes you feel uneasy and, like, yeah. somebody's there. I'm like, I wonder what that feels like. I wonder if that's the same for everybody or, like, oh, I kind of want to find it and try that it. with you. Yeah. Maybe we have we'll to do, do it together cone. and we have to be safe. <laughs> like, we'll do bone cone where, like, one of us plays it but doesn't tell the other person when it's playing to see, like, what happens. Oh, that'd be scary. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> it's a good quarantine bone cone because we don't have to be near each other to do it. And then that way we can, like, subtly push play without the other person noticing. Right. Yeah. So, listeners, let us know. Do you believe in ghosts or have we either made you more skeptical or less skeptical in this hour. <laughs> That's fair. Do yeah. you believe in science? Spoiler alert, the answer should be yes. Always yes. believe in science. Wear your masks. Wear your this masks. This was interesting. I'm glad this turned out interesting. I was worried it would be boring, as I often am, about things I suggest. <laughs> but <laughs> I liked but this. this. Was, I liked this. Yeah, now I have a lot There's to think like about. There's still more I'm... stuff that I want to look into, like, yeah. about... I found this really great article while I was doing my research from The Atlantic that mm-hmm. was about just, like ghost hunting's reliance on faulty technology. And I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, and, like, I want to go back to spookygeology.com because, like, clearly, if it's enough to support a website, they've got to cover a lot of spooky geology. So I'm like, tell me more. Like, what what, what kind of spooky geology are we talking here? Exactly. (laughs) So, anyway, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you have ever, I don't know, any of the things we've talked about. Do you believe in the stone tape theory? Have you watched the stone tape on YouTube? There was a screenshot on one of the sites I visited and it was this woman like halfway climbing up the stairs and there was this like green haze over her that was like 70s special effects. That's why I'm like, ooh, this looks like witch's brew. We should maybe watch this. Anyway, have a great week, you guys. Stay safe. Stay safe. Wash Wash your your hands. hands. Wear Wear a new mask every day. 
Yep. Yep. If you would like a Mothman mask, email us. Email us, and we'll enter you into the pool to get a drawing. No, that's no. not how it works. Enter you, you into a pool to draw. To enter draw. you into a drawing to win a, mask. a Mothman mask. Yes. You know what we mean. Email us. Email us. It's. I promise it's better organized than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, be safe. Yep. I want to. I really want to look up those sounds now. So that's what I'm going to be doing tonight. Yeah. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim. Hi, my name is Kit Karen. And we host the Forgotten News Podcast. Jim, I know we're in the middle of recording the promo for our podcast, but a thought just occurred to me. Okay. People praise the future because it is blank and featureless. They are afraid of the past because it is full of real and living things. Kit, hey, that is absolutely true for most people, but not for us. On our podcast, we tell true stories from before you were born. Stories that made headlines maybe for a day or a week, then disappeared just as suddenly. It might be a true crime story or an unsolved mystery. It might be a strange or spooky story. <laughs> it might even be a funny story. <laughs> and if you want to hear some exciting stories about Franklin Roosevelt, Susan B. Anthony, or Alexander Hamilton, well, I'm sorry. You'll need to find a different podcast. Yes, indeed. Because our show tells the stories of the footnote people from history. And sometimes the people who didn't even make it into the footnotes. If you are someone who would like to hear lost but true stories from long ago, then you should definitely listen to the Forgotten News Podcast. Yep. The Forgotten News Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts also known as iTunes, and nearly every podcatcher out there. So, don't be afraid, cat. Just tune in and listen to the Forgotten News Podcast. Never step in the same river twice. Da -da 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 -da. It's always flowing. Da -da 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 -da. Don't go to fucking Disney World. Oh yeah, please, please, please keep the cast members and performers safe at yeah. Disney World, and please don't go. Please, instead... Ride a point of view roller coaster ride in your living room on like your computer and go fun. to Target and buy Mickey ice cream. That's the price, it's like six for the price of one at Disney World. So, like, <laughs> so just pretend it. like you're at Disney at home and then yeah. go when it's safe. And you know what else is at home? Air conditioning. Yeah. You know what Disney World doesn't have? Air conditioning. Yeah, you know, you're actually, welcome. the worst time to go to Disney World is July. Right now. I know, yeah. because I went there a couple summers ago to go visit my yeah. friend who works for Disney, and I went in July because I was off from work, and it's usually less crowded because it's so hot. Just you know what Don't even that risk means. it. <laughs> if we go with stone tape theory, it is humid, it is crowded, and a lot of people there are having very emotional responses, which means Disney World is ripe for hauntings, so stay the fuck away from there. Don't contribute to the bad juju. <laughs> Anyway, 